Welcome to Sunny in Dunny, hosted by Miss Carney and Miss Galbraith. On this podcast, we're going to discuss all things health and wellbeing and delve into the lives of our guests from all walks of life. So get on your trainers, plug in your headphones and get out walking whilst listening to our podcast. We're always looking for inspirational guests, so if you know anyone, please tweet or email us. Hello and welcome to our first ever podcast. So episode one, we are joined by Tom Wilson, who has created the organisation Support and Offload. So we've got plenty of questions to get through and I think the first one to start with, which is the easiest one, is just to tell us a bit about yourself, Tom. Yeah, so uh, my name's Tom Wilson, I'm 27 years old. Um, My interests are sport, mainly rugby. Since a young age I've played, I can't actually remember when I started. Um, So I played for... Melrose Rugby Club, Heritage Rugby Club and Borough Muir. Um, a few of my achievements within rugby, I won the league with Melrose and I won the treble with Heritage in 2016, I want to say, 2015, <laughs> around about there. Um, another passion within rugby is Sevens, which is a smaller version of the game. I was lucky enough to play for Melrose in their, their record-breaking team, uh, which won eight out of ten tournaments down the borders. Um, also managed to play with Borough Muir Sevens team where we won a couple of tournaments and I got four player tournaments within that. So that's a little bit about the rugby. Um, other parts, when I was at school, I played the bagpipes, um, which was a, a bit of an interest when I was younger. I was lucky enough to play in Edinburgh Tattoo, Basel Tattoo, Luxembourg Tattoo, so I got to do a bit of travelling with that. Uh, other than that, that's kind of it, to be honest. It's not, not too much more to it. That's brilliant, a good range as well. Could you tell us a little bit about your background, like where you grew up and what school you went to? Yeah, so, um, my dad was in the military, so we moved around quite a lot. And when I got to the age of 10, I'd finished reading the Harry Potter books. Um, and I got this idea that I went to boarding school, it'd be like Hogwarts. So I turned to my dad and I was like, Dad, I want to go to boarding school. And I was like, what? <laughs> so he went looking around and he found a school called Queen Victoria School, which is up in Dunblane. Um, it's kind of a military boarding school. So I attended that from the age of 10 uh, until S4. And then from there, I got a rugby scholarship to Strathallan, which is in Perth, and another boarding school. Um, and it was at Queen Victoria School where I learned to play the bagpipes. So you, you, you arrive at the school at 10 years old, and they line you up in a hall. And they're like, right, who wants to play the bagpipes? <laughs> your hand up. So everyone put their hand up. And the, the teacher was like, not all of you can play. So luckily, I was at the far end of the room because my name was Wilson. And he went along the first four and he was like, right, you four boys are going to be Highland dancers. And then he went along the next four and he was like, you four are going to be side drummers. So I was just lucky I was at the far end. Brilliant. Um, that's where I learned the bagpipes. That's where I did my education, yeah, then to school. That was a lucky draw then for you in that one. <laughs> um, before you maybe as well going to a boarding school as well, did that develop kind of like what you were like as a teenager and what your goals and aspirations were? Maybe they changed from before you went to a boarding school to when you were in the boarding school? Yeah, when I was at Queen Victoria School, um, my aspiration was always to join the military. Um, I think it was probably being in that, that environment. So we had CCF, a combined cadets force, every Wednesday. they get talkers in or lecturers in that were in the military to come in and speak to you. So for four years, I think I got interviewed by a man called General Douglas, is it what I can remember him. And he would come in and, and chat to the, the folk that wanted to join the military. Um, so I think definitely QV I was all set on joining the army and 
um, going to Sandhurst and becoming an officer. And then I went to Strathallan and kind of changed a bit. I got in my head I'd probably be the next Scotland rugby captain. Um, so, yeah, definitely it changed as soon as I changed school. And I suppose being at boarding school as well and away from your parents, you kind of have a, um, a bit more independent. So I was kind of already at the university stage, living by myself, doing my own laundry, kind of just seeing to yourself every day. And I think at that point, I was ready to, to join the army and, yeah, be in the military and go from there. Yeah, do you think that independence, that was like one trait of you, like as a kid or as a student, what were you, what were you like as a student? Um, I'd like to say I was social, so chatted to everyone. <laughs> um, my main... My main goals in school were to play sport, so I was lucky enough at Strathallan, um, I was able to play loads, so I got to play rugby, cricket, football, athletics, golf. Um, I think my education took a little bit of a back seat, which it probably shouldn't have, and, um, but yeah, definitely I was more active than I was um, sitting around. I liked being outside and playing sport and playing competitively, um, so yeah. Um, that's brilliant. Um, you had said about being at school and in the military and then wanting to maybe be rugby captain, um, that that yeah. was like a change in path direction-wise for your career. Um, would you say that that was the turning point in going in a different direction or have you had any since, whether it's at uni, since leaving uni, that you've taken a different path from what you planned doing? Yeah, it, it changed quite a lot as a youngster. Um Obviously, when I was at QVO, I joined the military. After that, I had an idea I might be a rugby player. That was definitely one of the goals. Um, and after school, I went to Edinburgh College and studied sport therapy. Um, I was kind of unprepared, so I applied for uni, and I got into, I think it was Robert Gordon's University, to do sport. Um, and I rejected it because it was up in Aberdeen, and I wanted to stay down the borders and play for Melrose because in my head I was still going to be a professional <laughs> rugby player. And going to Aberdeen wasn't the best move. Looking back, maybe a different view now. But um, so in my head, I wanted to stay around Melrose. So my dad found a course at Edinburgh College. So I called them up, you know, for the clearing stuff. I called them up and I said, You got any places left? And they said, Yep. Yeah. So I just went up there the next day and started doing sport therapy. And then from there, I kind of thought, oh, this is another route I could go down. So I looked into being a physiotherapist. Um, so after college, I went and worked at the Borders General Hospital as a physio assistant. And I did that for a year. Really enjoyed it. I was lucky enough to work all over the hospital. So I got to work in the stroke ward, the main medical ward. Um, it was a mind-opening, really good. Loved it. So the next year, I went to university and done physiotherapy um, for three years and then dropped out in my third year for, for rugby again. But all changing. That's brilliant. That's a great insight into like the path that you've come through from school and then into career and then further education. Um, would you be able to tell us a little bit about your current initiative that you're doing? Sure can, yeah. So um, I, over lockdown... I got the idea to start up a, a rugby sevens team. I wanted to start an invitational team and we'd represent mental health charities. Um, and then I sat down and started writing out the idea and then started to grow arms and legs. So I was going to have to get in touch with charities, see who would be keen for it. And then in my head, I was like, I started coming up with ideas for the charity itself and what we would run or what we could do. And it kind of just started to snowball from there. So 
after we came up with the idea for a sports team, I was like, oh, okay, we should be inviting people to play for the sports team who are struggling with their mental health. And that's where the idea came to start connecting people who are struggling with their mental health to sports clubs, exercise clubs. Um, and then from there, I thought I'd try and get in touch with some people who, who seemed keen to be involved. Um, so the first fundraiser I did was climbing Mount Everest in 24 hours. We managed to do it in 21 hours. And on that, we got sportsmen to come on to the live chat um, and just chat about their, their selves, their mental health, what they've been up to. So one of them people was Dan Wallace, who is an Olympic swimmer, Commonwealth swimmer, and he got in touch and we started blethering. And he, he loved the idea. He's obviously had a bit of a past with mental health. Um, so he was one guy that really loved it. Me and him started chatting and we came up with a few ideas that we'd start doing workshops. So workshops within schools, workshops in workplaces and business. Um, and then from there as well, we kind of, that's where the charity originated along with a, another boy I should probably mention, Jack Steele, who lives in Glasgow, played rugby with him. He was another boy that kind of the idea originated around. Um, but that's kind of where we're at with the, the charity just now. We've got a few things in the pipeline a podcast like yourselves we're trying to bring out um we had some clothing and we're also trying to now connect with a sports club around the uk so our main goal there is to is to be a facilitator for sports clubs so for example if the rugby club i play for harriet's if they somebody was struggling with their mental health at the moment there isn't really anywhere for them to go they have to go privately they go to a doctor sometimes that's a little bit daunting um, so our idea is we'll be the main facilitator for that. So we'd hold a workshop at the clubhouse and with all the players. And from there, we'd let them know what the system is. So if somebody was to come forward, we could then be like, yeah, not a problem. And we've got professionals signed up who will do the consultations, be able to speak to them on a week-to-week basis for, for no money at all. It's all free. And then from the consultation, if they feel like they need to go to therapy and get some more work done, then we can look at paying for the therapy as well. That's brilliant. Have you found that um, lockdown has obviously put a bit of a hold to stuff, but is it allowing you a bit more time to plan things and think new initiatives to yeah. add on to it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the start of lockdown, it was only going to be connecting people to sports clubs. And then obviously with time, it just started to snowball and grow arms and legs. So we're at the stage now where we're, we're adding something almost every month or looking to do something else. Um, it's just difficult with lockdown to get things moving. Yeah, I think that's um, amazing, especially with like men's mental health being um, so like prevalent at the moment. It's really good to be able to um, kind of highlight that to everybody as well. And you've obviously come so far in your career up until this point. What kind of struggles did you face? This could be like at school or maybe at university or um, even after that. Like, is there anything personal that you struggled with that maybe could have stopped you achieving what you're achieving? Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose one of the, the reasons I, I started the charity or looked to do mental health was at university. I really struggled um, with anxiety. So I was probably naive to it at the time. I think I was in second year and I'd drive to university and I'd sit in the car park. And I'd, I'd get so anxious about going into class that I'd sit in the car for the whole the whole day. It could be from nine till six at night and I'd be like, right, I'll move. And it, was, it got so crippling to the point that I hated going into the classroom I'd tell myself like oh they're going to ask me stuff or the lecturer's going to have a go the students are going to look at me different and it was quite strange how from school I was so confident in my own ability with I thought I was, I was not really clever but I could you know go to class and answer questions and then when I went to university it was daunting and 
quite crippling, yeah. So I suppose that was a tough point. It's probably one of the reasons I, I dropped out in third year um, from physiotherapy and, and looked elsewhere and didn't really handle what I was going through at the time. Um, and then I suppose looking back, the best thing I could have done is talk about it, which I think is one of the main stigmas surrounding mental health at the moment. Um, thankfully, I'm in a much better place now and doing well, looking to go back to university. So, um, yeah, that was probably the main struggle I had at uni. It's so great to have role models like yourself who can um, hopefully give other people an insight into into kind of fairly not like feelings that quite a lot of people are feeling. Um, would you say like one of the ways to overcome this for you was purely just speaking to people or did you have any other um, strategies in place? Um, talking to people was a good outlet. I, I don't think I even initiated the conversation. I think it was my flatmate at the time. My flatmates, it was Moy McCallum, who plays for Edinburgh, and Finn Monroe, who's one of my good friends and our flatmates at the time. And I'm, I can't, It was all quite a foggy period, but I think they kind of initiated the conversation and were like, are you okay? And we started talking about it then. Um, that was definitely an outlet. It was, it was a weight off your shoulders when you start talking about it. Another one was definitely around the rugby club. So I was at Harriet's at the time and I was probably having the best time of my life around that group of guys that I hung around with, um, which was a big help at the time. And obviously sport in itself is amazing. So it takes your mind off it, the endorphins it releases. It's all it's all so positive for your mental health. And that's probably one of the, the big things we're trying to push at SNO just now. Yeah, definitely. And where do you think with this, um, this kind of charity and this initiative where you want to be in the next five to ten years' time, do you want it to grow or are you quite happy the way it's going um, and do you see any challenges of you being able to get to where you want to be yeah i'd love it i'd love it to grow some more and, and become a a household charity so if, if anyone was struggling they'd instantly know that or oh, there's stuff out there for them i know there's loads going on at the moment mental health like november are doing amazing stuff um i think what we're looking to do is is a bit more physical so we're offering free therapy free consultations for these sports clubs um so i'd love us to be a, a household name within the uk or sports clubs to have signed up as many sports clubs as possible um which we're trying yeah. to start just now oh that's brilliant i know that ailey oh i should use your teacher name miss galbraith <laughs> um has previously touched upon i know hard to believe we're not podcasters actually teachers um has touched upon that you're like such a positive role model and she's absolutely right um did you have a positive role model growing up or recently? I'm thinking more school kind of thing. And why were they so significant? Um, I suppose when I was younger, my dad was a pretty big role model. Um, always looked up to him. He was probably the main reason I wanted to join the military. Um, and then more recently, there's a uh, Fergus Crawley, who is a Movember ambassador. He came out and spoke about his mental health and his suicide story and how he, he, he attempted to commit suicide and failed and how he's kind of pushed on. I suppose his story was quite heart-touching, very close. And, yeah, I think that made me realise that I, I need to start talking about it and, and looking to do something about it. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, moving into our next segment, which would normally be questions from the students, but it's our first ever podcast so we have a question for you um which character or actor do you think you relate most to and why um 
have you watched Modern, Modern Family? Absolutely love Modern Family. Well, Miss Galbraith sorted. Maybe. <laughs> it's on Netflix. Okay, that'll be tonight's task. Um, I'd like to think Phil Dunphy. Best character on it. Oh, good. So, um, my girlfriend seems to think I act like him at home a bit, so a bit goofy <laughs> with the best intentions at heart. Oh, um, too nice. Yeah, that's the character I'd like to think I'm most like. Oh, I like that one. Okay, if, another question. If you could go back in time and give your younger self some wisdom or advice, what would it be? So it can be any stage of your life, what kind of advice right. give yourself? Um, from a young age, I think setting good habits, trying to put good habits in place just now, and it's proven difficult and I think as a youngster it's the easiest time you're a sponge and um, yeah, put good habits in place would be so like, like work and revision yeah, so make your bed study yeah all the habits that are I'm trying to put in place now good diet out and exercise um, yeah that would definitely be one another one's probably try and enjoy everything sometimes you, you're looking for you go looking for, for enjoyment in other places and to be honest it's you're probably in the best place you can be and just look to enjoy the moment. That's quite nice to hear because we'll obviously have quite a lot of pupils that are tuning into this. So that'll be a good one for them to know. Yeah, I feel like um, when you're young and the students are always looking forward to the next thing, the next weekend or the next holiday, but actually just enjoying where they're at and yeah. being cool with their friends and things like that. That's some good advice. Um, going a little bit off script, script here, but do you have any strategies or advice um, for people who may be struggling throughout lockdown, I know majority of people are struggling to to some extent. But from your experiences so far with lockdown, do you have any advice of what you could share to them? Um, for me, it's, it's staying active, not just with exercise, but trying to do things. Like I'm constantly, I'm on furlough, and my girlfriend's working from home, so I'm currently cleaning the house and <laughs> doing all the dishes, doing all the cooking. So that's been good, staying active in that sense, and. Been trying to read a bit more, so I've re- currently reread all the Harry Potter books. Full <laughs> 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 um, circle, moved, yeah. Full circle. Um, so in that sense, yeah, it's staying active and and trying to keep doing things, staying connected to your mates, keep messaging them. The Zoom calls were good in the first lockdown. I'm not sure if people are sick of them now. I know one of my mates and his family are still doing Zoom calls every Thursday with a quiz. <laughs> And I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. What um, is there anything that we or students or the students who are listening can do to kind of promote the work you're doing or support the work you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So you can give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook. It's support and offload. It should just come straight up if you search it. Give it a follow. Share their stories. Um, we've got a few fitness challenges coming up that you can take part in. Uh, we've oh, got a gentleman called Dylan Russell who is going to be running 5K for a year every day, so 365 days, 5K wow. a day. Um, we're hoping it'll be a bit interactive. We're still working out the logistics of it, but um, should be able to run along with him, buy the kit. And, and definitely us being PE teachers, we're more than happy to promote the... Um, challenges and activities because we're obviously wanting people to stay active at home so that's perfect 
Um, well, I think that that actually rounds up our questions quite nicely, finishing off there um, and how we can support you and that we can link stuff um, when this podcast goes up and make people more aware so they can go and give you a follow from this. Um, so I think that's all that's left for us to do is really to thank you for coming on, Tom, because first podcast is a wee bit nerve-wracking for us hey. um, to start off, but we've completed it. You really enjoyed listening to your stories I obviously knew you before you coming on this podcast but there's stuff that even I've learned about you and what you're doing so it's been really interesting um and you've been a joy to have on so thank you so much thanks for having me it's been a pleasure um and hopefully we'll have this up and ready to share with all the fans <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much no worries loved it loved it <laughs> so Miss Carney how do you think that went yeah, really good, actually, considering it was our first episode. Yeah, watch the space. We're going to be famous before you know it. No, on a serious note, uh, that was really great for Tom to come and speak to us. I think with everyone's mental health being in such turbulence at the moment, it's so important to one another and um, to talk to one another about our mental health and take Tom's advice to offload some of the stress that we may be feeling. You're spot on there, Miss Galbraith. Make sure you give Tom's organisation a follow at, at support and offload. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay tuned for our next episode. We have quite a list of guests to get through, so keep your eyes peeled to see who's going to be next. But remember, keep it... Sunny. In... Sunny!